Chapter One of Electricity and Magnetism. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Electricity and Magnetism by Elisha Gray. Chapter One The Author's Design. The writer has spent much of his time, for thirty-five years, in the study of electricity and in inventing appliances for purposes of transmitting intelligence electrically between distant points, and is perhaps more familiar with the phenomena of electricity than with those of any other branch of physics. Yet he finds it still the most difficult of all the natural sciences to explain. To give any satisfactory theory as to its place with and relation to other forms of energy is a perplexing problem. It is said that Lord Kelvin lately made the statement that no advance had been made in explaining the real nature of electricity for fifty years. While this statement, if he really made it, is rather broad, it must be acknowledged that all the theories so far advanced are little better than guesses. But there is value in guessing, for one man's guess may lead to another that is better and, as it is rarely the case that each one does not give us a little different view of the matter, it may be that out of the multiplicity of guesses there may sometime be a suggestion given to some investigator that will solve the problem, or at least carry the theme farther back and establish its true relationship to the other forms of energy. I cannot but think that there is yet a simple statement to be made of energy in its relation to matter that will establish a closer relationship between the different branches of physical science. And this, most likely, will be brought about by a better understanding of the nature of the interstellar substance called ether, and its relation to all forms and conditions of sensible matter and energy. In the talks that will follow, it will be the endeavor of the writer to give such a simple and popular exposition of the phenomena and applications of electricity, in a general way only, that the popular reader may get, at least, an elementary understanding of the subject so far as it is known. As we have said, the descriptions will have to be elementary, for nothing else can be done without such elaborate technical drawings and specifications as would be impossible in our limited space, and would not be clear to the ordinary reader who knows nothing of the science. Thousands who are employed in various ways with enterprises, the foundations of which are electrical, know nothing of electricity as a science. A friend of mine, who is a professor of physics in one of our colleges, was traveling a few years ago, and in his wanderings he came across some sort of a factory where an electric motor was employed. Being on the alert for information, he stepped in and introduced himself to the engineer, and began asking him questions about the electric motor of which he had charge. The professor could talk ohm, amperes, and volts smoothly and he fired some of these electrotechnical names at the engineer. The engineer looked at him blankly and said, You can't prove it by me. I don't know what you're talking about. All I know is to turn on the juice and let her buzz. How much juice is wasted in this cut and dry world of ours, and how much could be saved if only all were even fairly intelligent regarding the laws of nature? A great deal of the business of this world is run on the let-her-buzz theory, 
and the public pays for the waste. It will continue to be so until a higher order of intelligence is more generally diffused among the people. A fountain can rise no higher than its source. A business will never exceed the intelligence that is put into it. Nor will a government ever be greater than its people. Let us begin the subject of electricity by going somewhat into its past history. It is always well to know the history of any subject we are studying, for we often profit as much by the mistakes of others as by their successes. I shall also give the theories advanced by different investigators, and if I should have any thoughts of my own on the subject, I shall be free to give them, for I have just as good a right to make a guess as any one. It must be confessed, however, that the older I grow, the less I feel that I know about the subject of electricity, or anything else, in comparison with what I see there is yet to be known. I once met a young man who had just graduated from college, and in his conversation he stated that he had taken a course in electricity. I asked him how long he had studied the subject. He said three months. I asked him if he understood it and he said that he did. I told him that he was the man that the world was looking for, for I had studied it for thirty years and did not understand it yet. A little learning is a dangerous thing, for it puffs us up, and we feel that we know it all and have the world in our grasp. But after we have tried our little learning on the world for a while, and have received the many hard knocks that are sure to come, we are sooner or later brought up in front of the mirror of experience and we see ourselves as others see us, and are not satisfied with the view. Whatever the theories may be regarding electricity, and however unsatisfactory they may be, there are certain well-defined facts and phenomena that are of the greatest importance to the world. These we may understand, and to this end let us especially direct our efforts. End of chapter 1